This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Episode number 368 of What'd You Watch This Week. My name is Mike. My name is John. <coughs> so, so we didn't uh, record last Monday because yep. I was in uh, Alexandria, Virginia for work, for the, going to the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. And we didn't record our normal Monday night last night because it was John's uh, birthday here. Yep. So yep. Him, and, him, and, him and his missus had plans for his birthday. So here we are on Tuesday the Tuesday the 26th recording. <laughs> I was like, where did he go? He just suddenly yeah, stopped talking. I accidentally <clears throat> hit the mute button. Nice. Yep. So we're here on the 26th. Um, as I was just saying beforehand, uh, not a ton to talk about on my end as far as like shows uh, only had one movie, I believe. I feel like there was more, but honestly, I, I can only think of one specific. But we did watch well, some shows, and, and I got some stuff to talk about. I watched a few shows, uh, like the ones that Kate and I watched together. Like, we finished up Below Deck, and we have one more episode of Deadliest Catch to watch. Uh, we do have an episode of Ahsoka, to t- two episodes of Ahsoka to talk about, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then now, I did, the wife and I did watch the first episode of American Horror Story, the new season. Okay. I walked away from that more confused than when I went into it. <laughs> okay. Yes, I did. But, um, sorry, I was scrolling back up to find where we started. Um, as far as like our trailers and stuff go. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's there, a lot of trailers. There's a lot there. Yeah. Um, There's a ton of failures. So, um, I, uh, you said that you went to Virginia. What were you doing down there? I went to the uh, National Center for Molesting and Exploited Children to take a leadership seminar uh, in relation to my my job as a, the operations manager of a 911 dispatch center. And was so that good? I flew in. It was good. It was a good training. I took away with the, I mean, it was, there was a big mix of people in there. There was, you know, patrolmen, detectives, corrections, Terry Gerald's office, prosecutors, dispatchers. There was a, a huge group of people in there. Um, <clears throat> different, different uh, realms of public safety. And, uh, you know, I flew in on Friday, I had Friday to myself uh no classes or anything tuesday wednesday long days of classes both days mm. and then thursday was a half day and on a plane and right back to maine uh so it was, it was a jam-packed yep it was a jam-packed few days um last monday 
uh, when I was down there, I didn't want to sit around the hotel room all night. So I actually went to a Washington Nationals baseball game. It's a major league baseball team there based in Washington, D.C., of course. Uh, they played the Chicago White Sox. They got beat. Um, it's the first, the only other uh, major league national park I've been to there for major league baseball, that is, is um, the Red Sox, Fenway Park. So it's fun going to a different uh, major league park and everything. I know there's some people that like their dream is to hit every single one of them. And uh, I don't have that dream. Uh, nothing I'm going to uh, purposely <laughs> attempt, but. It was it was fun to uh, to go to one. Nice. Hmm. To go to a, a second one, I guess you know. Yeah, yeah. So and going to baseball games fun. The ticket was cheap enough. There was, you know, the stadium holds forty one thousand people. There was less than twenty there. Um, this it seemed like there was even less than that. Quite frankly, um, there was nobody in my row. I was the only person sitting in my row of nineteen chairs. Wow. Uh, it was like nobody around me. It was it was nice in that respect, um, but weather was gorgeous. So, and then some long days of training. I did discover on um, Wednesday night that uh, the hotel I was staying at, uh, if you are on the hotel Wi-Fi with your device, you can cast to the TV. They have it set up. You just have to go to the um, yeah, you can cast to the TV. So mm, I did cool. cast some voodoo, some voodoo <clears throat> to the TV and. <clears throat> I downloaded a movie to watch on the flight home. Nice. Yeah. You have um, anything happened last week for you? <laughs> oh, what a subtle, uh, what a subtle transition there. Um, yes, yes. Last week, uh, and, and I'll even try to tie it in to you know what we watched this week, because. Um, one thing Julie and I are still pushing through the Jodie Whittaker years of Doctor Who. Uh, I sent you that trailer that they just released, the full oh. trailer for the 60th anniversary. Holy crap. Like, I had made the decision a while back, I think I had told you this, to let her know what was happening, where Jodie Whittaker regenerated into David Tennant. And that yes. we're all wondering what's going on, because I didn't want to keep hiding that like i i didn't want to be like oh you can't watch this and don't look at that headline because they're coming in fast and furious now so yes she watched the trailer with me and like afterwards she was like shaking her hands she's like oh my god oh my god oh my god i feel so good i was like yeah um so we managed to get through three more episodes um we did demons of the punjab which is actually a decent episode you know intergalactic assassins that spent so much of their uh, their race's history assassinating that they reached a point where they were like, now we want to go back and honor the dead, the ones who nobody sees dying. And so they did that. Um, and this was Yaz's grandmother. We get to find out what happened to her first marriage. This was uh, another example partition where you and I afterwards were like, we've got to look this up because we weren't taught this in school. Um, then we watched the episode Kerblam, which was, Okay, um, that was the Amazon one where there was like one guy inside who was trying to uh, fight back against space capitalism by um, making bubble wrap that exploded when you popped it. And he was going to send it yep. out to everybody so that the company went under. Um, and the final one that we just watched was uh, the Witch Finders, which was uh, King James during the witch trials uh, played by. Uh, oh, my God. What was come on? I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Alan Cumming as King James. Amazing. Um, he's amazing anyway. 
So yeah, um, but I uh, the the spoiler version is that I got engaged this past week. Whoa! And, uh, <laughs> uh, and it was Doctor Who themed. So um, we you had asked earlier whether or not she knew it was coming. So the day that we got engaged, which was September 21st, because she had told me well over a year ago that September 21st would be the ideal day because there's that song by earth, wind and fire, you know, do you remember the 21st night of September? Exactly. She's like, that way we'd always have something to remember. So I've been planning this for well over a year and stressing myself out for well over a year and constantly having it run in the back of my head. Um, got her just the right ring. You know, she had picked it out. Um, she picked it out at one point and then like months later, I was like, Hey, look at these other rings. She was like, Oh, this one's beautiful. This one's beautiful. But I keep coming back to this one. So I made sure. And yeah, that was the right ring. Um, so that day she was getting her hair done and the girl that cuts her hair had just gotten married the weekend before on the, during that hurricane down on the coast. So they, they had to change plans quickly and move it inside, not use the tent that we're going to use, et cetera. Um, so they were talking about that. She's like, so when do you think he's going to propose to you? And that clicked it in her head. And she was like, well, we are going to uh, the Arboretum, which is where we had our first big date. And we are going to have a nice sunset picnic. I wonder. It is the 21st uh, of September. Um, uh. So she went into it thinking that it was going to happen. Meanwhile, I had been hyping up that I had these new theories and these actually do hold. But I was talking how I had these new theories about uh, parallels between Doctor Who and uh, mental health and different things like depression, found family, stuff like that. And I was really selling it. And I was like, I've got this idea and this idea. And I was like coming up with them. And she's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's so good. And I was like, I kind of want to do like a video, like whether it goes on YouTube or TikTok or something like that. Like, I want to do that. So I brought up like little my Funko Pops of Doctor Who and, you know, the TARDIS. And we had this one little spot up on top of a hill where there was a, a sculpture, a rock sculpture that's like a pyramid. Very nice little little area. And we sat down and we had our little picnic with cheese and crackers and uh, some sparkling grape juice. And um, then I started recording. And I mean, I did a a freaking 24 minute diatribe on different aspects of Doctor Who and how they relate to mental health. And by the end, had pretty much convinced her that this wasn't happening, that she was not getting proposed to, that I legitimately was just up here for this stuff. Um, (laughs) So then... I pulled out the other TARDIS because I had gone online and I had gotten for her um, ring box. I got a custom TARDIS made and I could pick any one of them. I picked Matt Smith's because it's the brightest blue. It's the first time we got the uh, bells, the St. John sticker on there. It's just a really striking TARDIS. So I got that had when you open up the top of it, there's the ring and there's a little message that you can pick. And I picked one that said for the girl who waited, you've waited long enough. Will you be my companion? And got down on one knee tipped over because, you know, I'd been standing <laughs> for so long, my legs had gone numb uh, and I was nervous. So I tipped over. She helped me get back up. And uh, then I proposed to her and she said, yes, of course. And, like we talked about whether or not she knew it. She's like, well, I've been wondering and then I wasn't and then I was and then I wasn't. And um, so she kind of knew she kind of didn't. But either way, it's been 
amazing since then. Like we just we'll throw each other uh, a barrage of fiancés constantly. You yeah. know, we'll be like oh fiancé, you know, dinner for the first night afterwards was the first time that we had a fiancé feast. Um, so yeah, it, neither one of us has ever been engaged. Neither one of us has ever been married. So it's uh, a yeah. it's a new experience for us. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, that was that was another busy part of my week. <coughs> and yeah, then of course, I mean, like you said, it was my birthday yesterday. We went down to the coast. We spent the day in Booth Bay. Uh, ate lunch on a tugboat, a decommissioned tugboat, right up on the top deck. Cool. Yep. And yeah, uh, it was funny. You messaged me. You're like, "Hey, can we uh, record tomorrow night?" And I'm like, "I just kind of assumed we were because it was your birthday." Mm. And I was like, "I was like, yeah, sure, we'll <laughs> do or whatever." And you're and uh and you're like uh I was like oh uh I said I think I was like you know is uh Julie taking you out for your birthday tonight and you're like yep and I was like she's got a pretty big surprise to top you know <laughs> and it was it was a good birthday um <clears throat> no big surprises it was you know just it was Booth Bay and then we came back here and we both crashed out for a little bit because we were exhausted in that ocean air and then. Uh, we watched watched some shows, ate some dinner, relaxed. It was just great. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just sounds awesome, plain and simple. Oh yeah. So, well, what else? Um, now you said that you guys finished watching Below Deck, but isn't there like multiple seasons of that? Yeah, we finished the most recent seasons of Below Deck Down Under. Okay. Specifically, the Down Under spinoff. So, like, we finished that up. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think we're gonna watch any of the others right now. I don't know what, if anything, we're gonna watch. Um, okay. We got one more episode of uh, Deadliest Catch. That's been a good season. It looks like Johnny Hillstrand's gonna retire this year. It's gonna be his last season <gasps> for the most recent episode. So. Oh. Show's been on a long time. I was gonna say, hasn't he been on there like forever? That, yeah. Um, like 20 years now or whatever. So, Damn. and of course he's like, he's a very, he's a big time fan favorite captain because, you know, his boat, he, he, you know, he treats it like it's a pirate ship and he waves <laughs> a pirate flag and he fires fireworks off all the time and he shoots fireworks at other boats and yeah, yeah. He has a lot of fun with it. Um, so anyhow, yeah. Uh, so we watched that um, one show that we did watch every episode of, and it, it was funny because I threw it on just to watch the first episode and Kate kind of got hooked into it. And there was only, I think seven or eight episodes total, but it was the, uh, the rustler or the rustlers. Oh yeah. Netflix documentary, BBC documentary series about Ohio, Ohio Valley wrestling in um, Louisville, Kentucky. And um, it was excellent. Like it was very well done. Like, like Kate, my wife is not a wrestling fan, but she got hooked into the story that this was and seeing like the behind the scenes of wrestling and the inner workings of it and the training of it all. And just the human stories that were involved with wrestling from wrustlers that were just starting out to wrestlers that have been wrestling for 30 years to the struggling promotion, trying <laughs> to find its mark in, in, in this world today where, you know, you have AEW and WWE as the big two and then, everything else kind of falling to the wayside and just on and on and on. And just the human stories itself was interesting and it was very well edited, very well put together. Uh, they told a great story progression over the seven episodes, looking at the different people in it. I mean, 
it's definitely one of the best, not just wrestling, but just best documentaries I've watched, especially like, you know, eight parter like this. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I really hope they actually do another season, which I don't think they will, because this wasn't made to be like. Episodic, you know what I mean? Like this wasn't a uh, season one. It was just this is what it is. It's a documentary series looking at these wrestlers from Ohio Valley Wrestling. So, yeah, it's, I, it's, uh, I. Uh... When you say it's one of the better documentaries that you've seen, that carries weight because you've watched a lot of documentaries. Oh, I've watched a ton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some great ones out there, and there's some trash out there. But just all in all, I mean, this was this was really well done. <coughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really well done. So, um, yeah, we watched all of that. Um, I watched the first episode of American Horror Story. I believe it's Delicate. Yes. And based on the trailer, it felt like this is a Rosemary's Baby type story. But now, I don't know. There's definitely spiders involved. I'm actually more confused than anything after watching the first episode. Okay. And I think it would have been helpful if they would have aired the first two episodes uh, back to back. But I guess we'll find out when episode two comes out and I watch that later this week. Now, when you say confused, is it like that one season where they went like four or five episodes before revealing that it was like a reality show or a documentary or something like that? I mean, yeah, it could be like that. I don't know. Like, I really uh, it's just. It's like we're. it almost felt like they forgot to put parts in, mm. you know, like. <clears throat> hold on. Yeah, it's almost like they just kind of forgot to put stuff in. Um, it was a little, it was just a little confusing. Let's see. Boom, delicate. Could it be one of those where, like, they're giving you parts of it, and then in an episode or two, they'll show you the other side of it so that it makes more sense? Or is it not? Well, like and that's that? what it could be. Because, like, Emma Roberts is playing this Anna Alcott, who's like an actress. And, um, she's trying to get pregnant and her husband's kind of rich and Kim Kardashian's in this. She's plays her publicist and there's some sort of like weird controversy where this like husband artist guy, his wife died. He's still in love with her. And this girl, this other girl this Anna Alcott's very insecure, but like she was just on this show where her star just rose all of a sudden. So she's got all this newfound, fame that she's not used to and she's trying to get pregnant and uh, it's just there's it's like i've seen an incomplete part of the story okay and i need to see more for it to make sense okay yeah so i didn't walk away from the episode going oh this isn't very good i walked away with it going i don't understand any of this i don't know if i even have enough info to say that it's not good Right, yeah. Like I don't I don't have enough to go by. Interesting. Like what was it? Um was it the last was it the season last season of The Mandalorian? Or one of the shows recently, like one of the Star Wars shows, or maybe even one of the Marvel shows on Disney Plus, they recently like dropped the first two episodes straight away. And we talked about after the fact, like, oh, it's a good thing they dropped the first two episodes, because after the first episode it didn't tell like a complete opening story. But with mm. the two episodes combined, it was like, okay, now it makes sense. Now I see yes. where they're going. Yes. And that that's what this felt like. 
Okay. I'm getting an incomplete introduction story. Okay. So, so we'll see what happens. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, of course, gave up on American Horror Story a while back, so I always rely on your reviews, uh, which is what I'll be doing here again. Yeah, no, I get it. If you get all the way through it. Well, I might not. <laughs> I mean, the reality is I did not watch the last season. Like, I think after the, the third episode, I was like, oh, OK, I don't care for this. I'm done. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't care for the subject matter. Um, we, uh, we've been watching only murders in the building. We're up to like episode six of season three. Uh, this season's a little bit rougher. Uh, the first two seasons were all about them specifically podcasting, trying to solve the murder. This one, they decided to go a different route and they've got like a musical number or Sorry, they've got a musical that's going on and there's people who are uh, performing in a play and the podcast aspect isn't really there. So I don't know. I I'm not enjoying it as much as the first two seasons, but I'm still enjoying trying to figure out the mystery. It's definitely one of those, though, that they usually leave it until the very end of the season before. You can uh, figure out who did it. Um. I will also say that uh, as far as trashy reality goes, Love is Blind came back this week. And um, yeah, I saw that. I insisted that we had to watch it. Julia was, of course, on board, but I was like, oh, we got to watch this. It's back. And they do this thing on Netflix with this one where they only release like four episodes at a time. The whole thing has already been filmed. They've made references many times that this is like April or May that they're filming it. So it's all been filmed. It's all been cut together. They're just releasing little bits of it at a time. So we got the first four episodes and never seen this one happen before, but they dropped a bombshell at the end of episode three that we were like, we have to watch episode four. So the whole premise behind this is that they get like, I don't even know if it's a dozen or so. It's like a dozen guys, dozen girls, and they all go into these pods they're called. It's basically a small room with a little glowing doorway that, you know, it's like purple swirly mist and uh, you can't see the other person, but you can talk to them. They can hear you. You can hear them. And uh, you try to find out if you get a connection with somebody without ever seeing them. You know, that's why it's love is blind. So they drop the, they drop the bombshell that on day one, two of these people went into their date and, uh, realize that they've dated in the past. They've met each other outside of here. Um, no way. Yeah. I thought for sure that uh, they would vet these people and this wouldn't happen. I think it's kind of hard to vet like dating history. Like they would have to say basically like name me every person that you've dated, every person that you slept with, blah, blah, blah. So I can imagine that there would be some level that they could do that at, but at the same time, I think it would be hard to fully like get well, everybody I, on board. I'd like that. to think that like they bring all the girl. Well, I guess they do. They, it's not like they're going to get all the girls from Texas and get all the boys from, you know, Massachusetts. Well, that's, the, that's the thing is like, these are all people from the Houston, Texas area. So right. it would be so a there's, little there's easier. But crossover possibility. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we got to see the footage. They showed that footage of day one 
And the girl, it was a guy and a girl. The girl is, I feel safe saying psycho. Um, and Julia backs yeah. me up on that. That That's not like, it's very common. I know for men to be like, oh, that girl's crazy. And I don't subscribe to any of that stuff. This girl is very, very unhinged. Like she, like legitimately, she could be a danger to other people. This is giving off serious, like um, single white female vibes. Ooh. And you go online and you see multiple people saying the same thing. So it's it's very much of an unhinged kind of situation. But yeah, so she recognized him because he has a very unique name. His name is Uche. And of course, when you have a unique name and then you hear the person's voice, you're like, I know you. We dated. And apparently yeah. they they had slept together and dated up until February. This was being filmed in April or May. So she kept that to herself and he kept that to himself because they didn't want anybody else to be affected by it. But it still kind of throws off the whole thing because then when it does come out, everybody's like, well, wait a minute. Now you can tell me what that person looks like or what they're like or, you know, who they yes, really are. Yeah, so it kind true. of ruins the whole thing. They have experiment. all kinds of opinions now. Yeah. And she kind of mm. went that route because there was this girl that was into Uche and she like went off on her in, in I don't mean off on her as in like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. But she was like, oh, let me tell you, he's got a, a big car and he's got great friends and you're going to meet this friend and you're going to meet this. So you she said like, big car. I thought you were going to say something else. Uh, they didn't show that part on the show, but I'm sure oh. that she did because, I mean, she was just unloading and the girl kept saying, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know anything. She's like, oh, and his dog's awesome and blah, blah, blah. And you're going to meet this person and his parents are kind of cool. And so that girl just bounced. She was like, I'm done. I don't want to be part of this experiment anymore. And she left. Um, so it really sucked us in. <laughs> like, honestly, it's just like, holy crap. Now I'm invested. I want to see what happens at this point. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Uh, and then. Told you about Doctor Who only murders. The only other thing that we watched outside of Ahsoka that you and I have to talk about is we watched all seven episodes of Interview with the Vampire. Okay, how was that? Honestly, it was really good. Um, it So, unlike the movie with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, um, the modern-day stuff is modern-day, and you've got Louis talking to the author. He basically, um, in the 70s, he got together with this author, this writer, this guy who really likes to tell stories, reporter, etc. Um, he got together with him and started telling him the story about being a vampire and it didn't go well. It ended poorly and they kind of went their separate ways. And now the guy is dying. He's got Parkinson's. He's not doing well. And so Louis contacts him and he's like, Hey, I want to finish my story. I want the world to know. He basically wants to put out a book telling the world that vampires exist and what's going on with them. Um, so it all takes place back in like it starts in like 1916 or so, and then it progresses only I would probably only say like 10 years pass in the show, 10, maybe 15 years, 20. I don't know. Um, it's very interesting. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. There's seven episodes. They're about an hour long each. Uh, but this is, like I said, a limited time that it's on HBO Max. I think they only got yeah. it for like a month or two from AMC. Uh, the BBC did buy Interview with the Vampire. And it's interesting. The the season definitely ends on, 
I won't say a cliffhanger, but it ends on a note of, oh, there's got to be another chapter. There's got to be more to this story. Uh, It is a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, So I definitely want to see more. But they said that, uh, you know, it was an AMC show. They said that BBC has bought the rights to it. I don't know if the BBC is planning on making the next season and putting it out on BBC Two themselves or if this was just that they bought the rights to air it on their network. Uh, either uh, way, what, go ahead. what I read is that they bought the show. Yeah, that's how I read it as well. That's how I read it. Not they bought the, the, the broadcast rights. They bought the show. Period. Yeah. So so that tells me that the next season will come out on the BBC. Uh, if it does come out, I haven't or heard anything BBC about America. It. Yeah, yeah. Or like that that Netflix documentary, The Rustlers, that was actually a BBC production and that came out on Netflix. Hmm. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I do recommend it. Um, it was very enjoyable. Uh, it is, you know, you have to like that time period. It's much more than just a vampire thing. It is very much about abusive relationships. Uh, Fortunately, the girl that they got to play Claudia this time was not as young as Kirsten Dunst was when she did it. So it's not as controversial, but she does make comments several times there about, you know, being stuck in the body of a 14 year old. And um, yeah, that aspect of it was very well done, too, when they switch over to her perspective and he's reading her diaries. So you're listening to her story through her diaries. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend this. It was good. I'm not going to give it a super hard sell, but I'll give it a hard sell. Like this was a very okay. enjoyable show. Okay. And I think that's all that I've got. Other than Ahsoka, of course. Yeah, all I got is Ahsoka, so let's dive into Ahsoka. We got parts five and six to talk about, so there's only two more episodes. One airs tonight, technically, and next week, and it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we last left off, <laughs> Ahsoka had been killed, quote fingers, and Ren had uh, skedaddled with, uh, um, what's his name? Ray Stevenson's character. Skull. Yeah. Yeah. And they destroyed the map. Oh, by the way, I'm liking him more and more. The more we see of him. Dude, I am so sad that he died. <sighs> I am that too. We don't get any more of this character after, after these next two episodes. Cause he has been yeah. fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so in this episode, uh, shadow warrior, I mean, there's a lot of crossover with Clone Wars. Um, Anakin and Ahsoka, uh, they're we're, they're the in between space. Yeah. And essentially, like he tells her he's going to train her more. Yeah, because she lost because of her unresolved guilt over what drove them apart, and so they duel, and he forces her like back in time to witness like almost like the ghost from Christmas past. Let's see how <laughs> things were, you know, uh-huh. but we get Hayden Christensen as Anakin in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. We get to see some cool, uh, saber battles between the two of them. 
we get to see a young Ahsoka where she was, you know, uh, the Padawan Anakin and stuff that they went through on the Clone Wars. Now, I didn't watch the Clone Wars cartoon series beginning to end. I, don't, I can't remember if you did. I watched a lot of it. Yeah. So I don't know how much we saw in the cartoon and now we're seeing in live action. Um, I just know that they told a really awesome story. Mm -hmm. Uh, you had the struggle of Ahsoka thinking that, you know, Anakin, what he's, she's teaching him is just leads what became, led him to become Darth Vader. So maybe he's just trying to lead her down the wrong path. Right. So she's dealing with that as well, which he is not. No. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a fantastic episode where we got all the flashbacks. We got all the, the, the work between Anakin and Ahsoka and, and everything there. I did like when he became mad, like kind of near the end of the fight when she's like not really listening to him. So he kind of becomes angry with her mm -hmm. and he's like, it looks like he's turning to the dark side. We hear the, the, the patented Darth Vader breathing. We see like the little flick flicker flash of like a frame or two of him as Darth mm -hmm. Vader. I mean, it was badass, quite frankly. In my it opinion. was. I like seeing the live version calling her snips. That was fun. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. There was a lot of good imagery, like you were talking about. Like at one point, she watches him walking across the battlefield, and he's got his saber down, and then it like flashes, and it's Vader with the red saber, and then it flashes back, and it's Anakin. Um, we had. Yes, that's right. I think most of him was CGI, but we had him in the uh, Clone Wars appropriate outfit, which was nice. Um, and the Clone Wars appropriate haircut, which again, it was a cartoon. So it's kind of cool that they got it to go that way. Excuse me. See, I, I, I get what you're saying about the CGI part because of, you know, making him DA, the de-aging. Yes. Uh, I did not pick up the, the stuff like the Clone Wars haircut, the Clone Wars, uh, outfit. Like I didn't pick up on any of that quite frankly, but I, I to me, it was just he was recognizable as being Anakin Skywalker. Yes. Uh, we got to see her on the Siege of Mandalore, which brings us back to uh, the Mandalorian season three. Um, yes. Which was yes. very interesting. <coughs> also, because yes, we got to see her as uh, the, the post Clone Wars after they left Anakin. Yeah. Or after she left Anakin, but before the Ahsoka and the Mandalorian seasons and everything. And. Yeah, so that was really cool as well. Yeah, because he kind of walked up behind her and he's like, I don't recognize this battle. And she's like, this was after I left you. This was the yeah, sacking was of Mandalore. Yeah. Or the siege of Mandalore, I should say. Yeah, um, the siege of Mandalore. So then, like you were saying, when he knocks her back into the world between, he comes out and you hear the Vader breathing. You see the quick flash of Vader and then back to Anakin. But he's got the red saber and he's getting aggressive. His eyes are turning red. Um, and the, the saber fighting was cool, but it was also a little clunky at the end there. Like he's bending her arm back. And then uh, when she finally got the drop on him, she puts the saber up to his neck and then stops and lets it go. Uh, that was all cool. I liked all that. What I yeah. didn't, what I didn't like in this episode were two things. Okay. One was Jason. Um, I get he thought he was showing he, too much force. I get that he is Kanan's son and Kanan yep. was a, a Jedi. I won't say that he was a powerful Jedi, but he was a good Jedi uh, taught Ezra, well, you know, they certainly are 
portraying him as being a powerful Jedi in this. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, so yeah, Jason was just a little bit for somebody who has never even been told that he was strong in the force. Uh, he's a little bit too, uh, child prodigy, you know, sitting there and he's like, mom, listen, listen to the waves. You can hear lightsabers. Stop it. Cut it out. Like, Yes, if you listen to the ocean, you'll hear lightsabers, yeah. Yeah, that bothered me a bit. Um, I was glad that they found Ahsoka. That's that's good. I mean, the show's named after her, so of course they're going to find her. Uh, But then, I'm sorry, they not only, and, and I'm going to dip into the next episode for this, okay? They not only suddenly out of the blue introduced the largest form of plot armor in the universe in the form of space whales. But Ahsoka magically looks up and goes, Oh, I'll bet there are space whales up there. And then they magically appear in the sky. And then she's like, I can talk to them and then fly me right up there. I'm going to find the biggest on, one. Wait, I'm going to talk wait. to him. We saw space whales before this. When? Because they drove through. Because when they landed on the planet, they they went through the space whales. We saw them then. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, so it's not like she just said, "Hey, there's space whales up there." I bet. And then, oh, there is. No, we we went through them, and I went, "Are those whales in outer space? Like, do they just fly through the atmosphere?" This doesn't so, make a lot of sense. <laughs> so then, when she's like, "I'm gonna go talk to the space whales," I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool. She's gonna talk to the space whales." And Star Wars has historically been where someone goes, and the person goes, well, because I said, and everyone understands everybody and Uh everyone understands every language, even if they don't speak it. Uh huh. And so we'll get to that in the next episode, won't we? (laughs) Her talking to a space whale makes perfect sense. So what got me was that you're right. We saw the space whales there. uh, But. They doubled down on this to force it onto us in the next episode. She's like, oh, they're going to get us there. They're going to get us to the other galaxy. These whales are going to transport us to the other galaxy that's out there. And Hera's like, "Uh, really? Seriously? You sure about this? She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't really know. Uh, They might not, but otherwise we're just sitting here doing nothing. So let's fly into the mouth of this whale and see if he takes us there. Um, yes, that was a bit, a bit much. I agree. So when we get over to the next episode and we're in the other galaxy and we're following the bad guys, you know, you've got skull. Who's like, yes, uh, the Jedi archives had stories about these space whales and, uh, they could travel between galaxies and, um, look, they've come here to die because this is a graveyard for them. They're they're basically justifying the fact that they introduced them in the last episode. And they're like, yeah, it's always been in the Jedi archives. So, well, hold on. Apparently, because I just Googled it. Okay. They were first introduced in Star Wars Rebels. Okay. They're giant space whales. They're called Purgle. They have the ability to travel at light speed across vast distances and distances that go much further than the outer outer rim. Yes, they can miraculously travel from galaxy to another galaxy. No, they do not have hyperdrives. Rather, their tentacles expand and glow and pulse just before they take flight. And these obscure tails that launch Pergo into light speed. So apparently they were introduced in Star Wars Rebels, which is mm. canon. 
Okay, so I guess I must have missed that. I must. I, I should go back and watch Rebels so that I can yeah. feel better about the space whales miraculously appearing. And apparently in Star Wars Rebels, in the finale, Great Animal Thrawn is, I guess, that he ended up where he is because of the space whales took him there. Ah, so here so I'm getting they, all upset about this, but it was actually canon well before this. Yes, it is. Hmm. Well, then I'm going to let it go. I, I'm not yep. going to belabor that point. Um, aside from that, aside from Jason being a little oh, too force sensitive and, and the a, space whales. Hold on. Apparently, we also see them in Mandalorian season three. What? I don't remember those. When 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 Din and Grogu are flying through hyperspace, their N one in their N one starfighter, Grogu spots a Pergo in the distance, gliding along at the speed of light. Huh. Okay. I don't remember it either. Hmm. But there it is. Um, I thought the rest of it was good. Uh, it was a little bit weird that the nomad bandits on that planet that they ended up on in the galaxy far, far away, uh, which, by the way, that was cool. Having the uh, droid say once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, Perfect. I liked it. Uh, but the the beast creature rebel outlaw whatever they were they sounded just like sand people like they Uh, made all the same noises as sand people and it kind of bothered me um and then like you were saying uh people in star wars just talk and people understand them like she did that with the uh little rock creature um basically telling him that she was looking for Ezra Bridger. And that's the one word of basic that he knows because he recognized her patch and was like, and, and she couldn't understand him. He couldn't understand her, but she was like, take me to Ezra Bridger. And he's like, Ezra, Ezra Bridger. Okay. Yep. That was, I, I will admit a bit annoying. Yeah. And maybe they're going to say that because she does have force sensitivity, that it was easy for her to kind of communicate with him. I don't know. Uh, But it's moving the plot along. Yep. Um, We got to see Thrawn and what looked like his death troopers, zombie stormtroopers. I'm not sure if they somehow all died because you got to figure if he got sent over here and isolated uh, from all you know, other galactic empire forces. How long before their food ran out? Yeah. Well, but there's food on the planet because Ezra Bridger's still alive. There's those Mm. creatures with the rock shells. There's the, there's the, the sand people 2.0. True. But that is a huge contingent of stormtroopers just there, just there to like chant Thrawn as he walks out. Like that's not even including the ones that are actually flying this massive star destroyer. So that is a lot of fucking mouths to feed. That wasn't even, that was not even a normal star destroyer. That's the super star destroyer. That's galaxy class. So So here's my issue. Okay. They show up in the galaxy. They find Thrawn they find the three, which is they get Thrawn right off. Okay. But I, that doesn't surprise me. Why haven't they left? Why are they still there? Yeah. 
what does he need to put together? Shouldn't he be ready to go? Shouldn't his bags be fucking packed and his in his ship loaded up? Yeah. What are we waiting for? Why? Okay, okay, they let Ren go off to go find Ezra. Great. Why did they then send Skull and company off to kill her? Why don't they just leave? That doesn't make any sense to me. If they have the to leave, Bridger. why aren't we leaving? For some reason, I think that Thrawn wants Ezra dead, like, as punitive, as punishment, you know, just like uh, you've been a thorn in my side for too long. It also seemed odd to me that, like, they traveled to a new galaxy and they all just kind of hung out on this one planet. Like, that's it. They didn't try traveling around galaxy. Uh, Think about all the galaxies or all the planets in the home galaxy. Like again, every space show we've ever watched, <laughs> the Orville, Star Trek, Star Wars, whatever Firefly. it is, Firefly, any one of them, Battlestar Galactica, Space Above and Beyond, maybe even I'm just throwing that out there. I have no way to back that up. Stargate, when they arrive on a planet, there's basically one city on this entire planet, and the rest of it, I'm guessing, is a barren wasteland. Because they never go anyplace else besides the one city on that planet. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Or the planet is tiny. You know, the size of one city. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's video game logic. It's the same way, you know. Mass Effect did that all the time. You'd touch down on a planet, and it would be like, look, here's the one civilized area. There's nothing else to see here, folks. Nothing else. No. no. One civilized city. Nothing else to do here. Look at the finale of Battlestar Galactica. They end up on Earth and they inhabit Earth, but it's just really England. Yeah. <laughs> and a hilltop you know? at that. And a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's not, they're not scattered throughout the planet. I mean, how big Earth is, you know? Yeah. Like Earth is enormous. But yet, if if Star Trek characters showed up here or Star Wars characters showed up here, and let's just say they went to Africa, middle of Africa, the continent or or whatever, they'd be like, wow, there's not a lot going on here. Or if they went to the Midwest or the desert in the United States, yeah. they'd be like, man, this is a barren planet. Well, I guess we'll uh-huh. leave. Yeah. You know, it, it was like like when I saw Ezra walking around the side of that, I'm assuming it was an escape pod or maybe a shuttle or something. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be collecting rust because he's been here for a while. Um, okay. So he couldn't get away. You know, he's kind of stuck here. Why is Thrawn still here? Why isn't he moved on? Why, why have these three why has witches he gone to a different planet? And okay. You just opened up a whole bottle of works in my brain. Why are they all both still on the same planet? Yeah. Why haven't they explored any more of this galaxy? He's yeah. got a fucking spaceship. Yeah. And, and like, he's got these three witches who seem to know people. everything. Yeah. No logic. They didn't go to another galaxy. They went to another planet. Yeah. Oh, this is like, uh, what was it? Firefly, the Reavers planet. <laughs> that's way off by itself. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what, that's what this is. Yeah. Bottle episode on a, on a planet this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's bothering me, and I'm hoping that in the next, what did you say, we have two episodes? Yeah. So basically, the next episode is them going to be preparing to leave, 
the final episode will be them leaving and coming back to this galaxy because fuck that other galaxy. We don't need to, you know, we, we don't need to bother with that. Thrawn, if he's that great, why didn't he subjugate this? Why didn't he conquer this galaxy and be like, no, nah, man, I'm good. Like, I have conquered this galaxy. I came in here with this might behind me. What's the ruling class in this galaxy? Is there an empire here? Is this a parallel world thing? Or is this just a whole other galaxy and it's devoid of all life? Maybe he could fill us in. Maybe he says, I've sent out probes and there's nothing out there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm at a loss here and I can see that you are as well. So I'm yeah, interested to no, see how they do I, I it. didn't like all like I honestly haven't thought about this until you and I've had this discussion. And I've I've discussed this episode with more than one person. <laughs> I hope that they can come up with a good reason. I don't think that they can, but I hope that they can. Yeah. No, I, I don't have any faith anymore. No. <sighs> so that ends our shows. Would you would you say it was uh I guessed seventy three movies? Uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Just twelve. Just twelve. That's you might want to turn that light on for me, son. Yeah, what what's up with that? Suddenly it's Thanks. a horror movie. <laughs> he just Walked out of the room. Hey, speaking of horror movie, I can't freaking believe it's October Sunday. Wow. Is it Sunday? Yeah. Damn. Look at that. This Sunday is October. Awesome. Next thing you know, I'm going to have to freaking shovel the driveway. Please don't say that. That's going to (laughs) suck. So. Uh, Tell me of your 12 yeah, movies. Because yeah, 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 yeah. I only have one. Man, yeah. I'm I'm annoyed already now. <laughs> uh, so I watched... I mean, some of them were... I think most of them were new to me. Only a couple were like Brandy Brandy new. Um, I almost feel like I've missed one. All right, so um, some of these I got to really look up, quite frankly, because I already forgot what they were about. For your movies? Yeah, like they okay. weren't the best. <laughs> okay. Um, I was like, are you talking about trailers? or Because or, trailers, no, no. I get you. But. Okay, all right. Yeah, I watched this movie. It's called Run, Bitch, Run. It is... Okay groundhouse type production movie made in 2009 that it looks like it was made in the seventies. It's a, it's a, a rape and revenge flick. It's not great, mm, but yeah, at okay. the same time that you kind of want to see how it ends. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I watched it on, uh, the prime Amazon prime. I'm not going to give it a hard sell. It's, I- didn't sound like it. Yeah. I watched a movie called the corpse of Anna Fritz. And, uh, let me see if I can find the synopsis because I don't, it's a, I watched this on Tubi. 
Okay. And I, I still can't say enough good about how Tubi edits their movies. Not edits their movies, how Tubi puts in the commercials. Like they do it when it makes sense. Like honestly, when it makes sense. Um, so not right in the middle of a scene. Right. Like it's like <laughs> when the when the scene's gonna fade to black anyways, or we're gonna have a, like this, you know, a scene cut or a scene swipe or whatever. They they put the commercials in where it makes logic sense. So yeah, not in the middle of like a big fight scene. There's a two and a half minutes of commercials, you know. Um there's a Spanish movie takes place in Spain. Uh, essentially, there's this really famous actress. Her name is Anna Fritz, and she's reported dead. And her body is brought to the morgue at this hospital. But they're not releasing what morgue because they want people to know. Maybe there's a morgue work that works there. So he sends a picture of his friends of, of her naked body. So they show up so they can see her corpse. Okay. Then stuff happens. And it's just like, holy cow. Um, I really don't want to give it away. This is absolutely at some point to be remade here in the United States in English, I bet. Okay. It's like a really, really unique concept. Um, you know, 67% of Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it says here the International Business Times praised certain elements such as lighting while saying it would have worked better as a short film. Uh, yeah, it says it really relies so heavily on the shock value of the subject matter. It doesn't deliver any inkling of likable character. I don't just know if I agree with that. It's not long. It's only 76 minutes. If you want, oh, I'll wow. spoil it for you off air. Um, but it's 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 on Tubi. It's a very interesting concept. Um, I mean, I guess you can figure out in the trailers they want to have sex with their corpse. Uh, a little necrophilia going on. But um, yeah, okay. something, then, then there's an unexpected twist. Okay. So, yeah. I actually enjoyed it. Um, Kate had never seen the movie Practical Magic. Really? Um, yeah. And I probably haven't seen it since I rented it on VHS 25 years ago. That's so odd um, to think of. But but she had watched it. She loved it. And then I mentioned I hadn't seen it forever. She's like, well, you want to watch it? So we watched it. She watched it a few more times, apparently. Hmm. Um, it's a fun flick. Yeah. You know, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman. They're kind of witches. There's, you know, some tr- drama, some tragic loss. Uh, there's a curse on the family. Um, it's a pretty solid, fun flick. Absolutely. It's it's a I don't want to say a classic, but it is uh, one of those movies that you just assume everybody's seen at least once. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually like I think Julia just read. uh, She was reading a book synopsis to me tonight and it said uh, this is for people who are a fan of things like Practical Magic and the Gilmore Girls. You know, it's something that's in the lexicon as a reference point for female empowerment uh, movies, witchcraft movies, you know, cozy movies. Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's a, uh, it's good. Yeah. It's real good. I liked it a lot. Thanks. And she liked it obviously. Oh yeah. She loved it. Yeah. Uh, See here. We watched that new uh, Ben Affleck, Robert Rodriguez flick hypnotic. Okay. 
Have you heard about this one? Mm, I have not. It's an odd Robert Rodriguez flick. You know, the guy that did Desperado and all kinds of other movies. It stars yeah. Ben Affleck. It's a mystery action thriller. I think we watched it on. Uh, we watch it on. Uh, Tubi, not Tubi, Netflix, Hulu, Shutter. Peacock, one of those. Okay. Yeah, it's not one. Of the, it's not on Shutter. It's it's definitely like Peacock or, or Netflix or or Hulu. I think it's actually we're gonna go with. Uh, by the way, my movie counts up to fifteen because I've thought of more. <laughs> Keep uh, We're gonna go. Yeah, we're gonna go with. Uh, Peacock, I believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's actually it's, it's a good flick. Uh, there's it's called Hypnotic. And if you watch the trailer, people are hypnotized by it. There's, there's a lot of hypnosis going on in it. It's a decent story. Um, got some good twisty turnies in it. Um, yeah, you'll like it. You should watch it. Cool. OK. I watched Prey and it's not the Predator movie Prey, which, by the way, is coming out on. Uh, um home video here coming up nice but it's yeah, not that was, one yeah no i'm trying i got i gotta find this synopsis on standby one it's not a 2007 film Ugh. it's probably they don't have one for it nope not, not see it's all bringing up the 2022 Predator movie. Let's do this. It's a horror flick. Uh, It's not this. It's not. No, it's not that. That's a really bad, like, Oh, here we go. 83. Came out in 1983. It's called Prey. It's an American slasher film. Um, It follows a group of campers in the Rocky Mountains who are stalked and murdered by a disfigured assailant. Um, It was inspired by, like, the hills that have eyes and human experiments and everything. And, uh, yeah, it's just a classic slasher flick from the 80s. And... um, yeah, we don't know who this person is or, or, or why they're out killing people with an axe, but they are. It's pretty solid. Um, you know, if if you're looking for an 80s slasher flick you haven't seen before, mm-hmm. that's a good one for you. Okay. Uh, we had a family movie night last week. We watched uh, The Haunted Mansion 2003 edition because the new one's not out yet. Okay. And I'd actually never seen this, the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion movie. Neither have I. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. We enjoyed it. I mean, well, granted, we're watching it with little kids, so that helps. But yeah, it was fun. We enjoyed it. It was a, it was a good flick. Nice. Always nice when you can have a movie night with a family that you actually all enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Um. All right. Down in D.C., I watched Sicario. Okay. And Sicario Day of the Salado or Solodo oh. or whatever it is. I, I I really enjoy the movies. If you're not familiar with them, you should go watch them. 
CIA, Mexico, drugs, uh, Benicio del Toro as a hitman, um, political statements that aren't, you know, really that major. But yeah, it's a good flick. Mm. Cool. Absolutely worth your time. Both of them are. I also watched the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which I think it's way too much hate and not enough love. And and I'll agree with that. You know, like, I think maybe they would have been better off if they hadn't tried to retell the original story. If they just told a Freddy Krueger movie with new people he's terrorizing or like, you know, like Evil Dead, the Evil Dead remake. And it's not really a remake. It's it's just a. Uh, you know, the one and the, the kids in the cabin, the 2013 Evil Dead, which I can't believe is already that old. But yeah, like, you know, the kids in the cabin, Ashley Williams is not in it, but it's the book is there and the evils are woken. Just like Evil Dead Rise, the book is there, the evils are woken. So we're getting that story um, without the bastardization of the Evil Dead Ash Williams series that we love, you know? Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed both of the movies. I thought they were phenomenal. Uh, the new nightmare movie again. I think the problem is maybe that <clears throat> Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, you know, all these characters are masked, brooding, silent men. So you can put it on anybody basically and tell the story. Okay. Whereas Freddy Krueger is Robert England. Hmm. Yeah. And it's well, he's so, one of the few ones that had the face, you know? Right. And it's so blatantly Robert England as well. His style, his acting, his voice, his character, his his mannerisms and everything. Well, what was um like what was Michael Myers' catchphrase when he would kill somebody? Didn't have one. What what was Jason Voorhees famous for saying every time he got up from exactly. being knocked down? Yeah. That's Nobody why had I said a voice. Silent, no, yeah. silent, brooding men. You know, Leatherface's voice was <laughs> yeah. just, just vocalizations no actual words um but, but yeah. once you put somebody into a role where they actually right. have a personality right like like you're saying you know those were just shapes mm. in fact that's what michael myers was called originally the shape the like, shape yeah alien predator again people in costumes yep you know yeah anybody could be the predator i don't even know right. who the predator was and i don't care to right right well actually in the first Predator movie, it was Jean-Claude Van Damme was in the costume. Shut up. Yeah. Like he was in the costume for a little while and then it did, but he didn't finish it. <laughs> Cause they wouldn't let him do a split kick as the Predator. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, um, he left the filming. He was originally cast as the Predator. There's even footage of him in the costume. Um, but yeah, he left he he left the movie and I don't remember why now. Hmm. He was unknown at the time. Uh his only major credit at that time was a Russian villain in the film No Treat No No Retreat No Surrender. Um Yeah. So but anyways, yeah, so he 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 was in. He was the. He was the guy in the costume initially, but then he left the film. So. Okay. Oh, I guess he thought he thought the role was going to be bigger than it was. <laughs> like I said, they wouldn't let him do a split kick. Yeah, he thought that like, 
he was going to be opposite Arnold Schwarzenegger. So that was going to be good for his career and the costume and makeup requirements he thought was going to be minimal. And then it's like a full body suit and you don't even know it's him. So he's like, F this. Screw you guys. I'm going home. I but mean, yeah. it doesn't seem to have hurt his career. I, I, no. I don't know who the guy in the predator costume was, so no. it didn't help his career any. Yeah. Um, watched a movie called soft and quiet. It was on Netflix. It kind of came up after I had watched a, a movie and I was like, Oh, you might like this. And I kind of read the synopsis and I watched the trailer and it's like, it's, it's being touted as this horror, horror, horror type movie. So I watched it. It's not really horror. It is disturbing. Um, it's essentially, you have this school teacher and she goes to this meeting, which is apparently for like the daughters or the sisters of Aryan unity. And you're like, Ooh. oh, they're massive racist. And you realize it's yeah. all white women. And the dialogue in this movie, which um, came out like last year, is uncomfortable. Um, yeah, uncomfortable the, to the, say the least. Just the idea of it sounds uncomfortable. And yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, it's called Soft and Quiet. It's a 2022 American horror thriller film. It's uh, Jason Blum's executive producer. It was put out under Blumhouse Productions. It was released November 4th, 2022. And yeah, kindergarten teacher Emily organizes the first meeting of the Daughters of Daughters for Airing Unity, an organization of white supremacists, Caucasian women, including an ex-convict, a small grocery store owner, disgruntled retail worker. And so like they kind of sit around chatting about why everyone else is terrible and it's like it's kind of weird because at first no one really wants to say anything negative and then it's like the floodgates get opened and it's just like oh my god like it was uncomfortable the dialogue was uncomfortable to listen to Hmm. today i think 20 years ago you would have been like i don't get it what's the big deal (laughs) no just being just how our society of changes of everything you'd be like okay uh, but yeah, no, it was just kind of uncomfortable. And then it just kind of, it kind of goes downhill. I'm not going to say you should go watch this movie, but like, it was, it was odd to feel that uncomfortable. And then, you know, there's, they, they they, they do some terrible, terrible, terrible thing by the end of the movie, some okay. terrible, terrible thing by the end of the movie. And the movie is filmed in real time too. That's the other thing. Like it's not the constant. Like it doesn't. You don't have that. This is like it's a one constant camera shot. Like it's filmed in. Like even when they get in the car and drive down the road, it's all, it's being all done in real time. And it's like a ninety-two minute movie. Mm. So it's just like holy cow, shit went downhill fast. <laughs> um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I got three more movies to talk about. What's your movie? So I picked a movie the other night and I'd been going back and forth on this for a while. And I was like, okay, look, I want you to watch this movie. I want to see if you like it. Just bear in mind that it's going to be rough in the beginning. And so we sat down and we watched the first John wick. Um, why is it rough in the beginning? Cause the dog gets beaten over the head and it should yeah. be, it should be just that. But then like the, when, Keanu's waking up you see the trail of blood where the dog like dragged its body over to him and then died right next to him yeah yeah that's rough um 
And it's the fact that the dog appeared on his doorstep sent by his wife who just passed away and said, you need something to love. I can't be here. This dog is going to be your thing. And, Um, you know, why do you think that's the catalyst for him to go on his rampage? Right. Absolutely. And that's what I had to explain. I was like, before we even went in, I was like, just understand it's the one and only time this happens, but it is rough and it's rough. It's, it's a rough thing to watch. So um otherwise though we talked like as we went through the movie we talked about ridiculousness versus realism you know there's a lot in john wick that i always appreciated for the realism like you know the fact that he is reloading when he runs out of bullets yeah that he does two or three shots to people you know he'll do like two to the chest one to the head um he gets hit he gets his ass knocked down like there's an awful lot in there that is realistic. There's some stuff that is over the top. I think with each passing (laughs) movie, the unrealisticness grows bigger and bigger and bigger. So when you're in part four and everyone has a bulletproof. Well, I haven't watched part four yet. Oh, well, I'm not really destroyed. I'm not giving away anything. Okay. By part four, it seems like everyone owns a bulletproof suit where they just hold it in front of their face and get shot and they're fine. Mm. Like, See, I liked in this one, he actually strapped on a Kevlar vest under his shirt. Yes. Uh, But yeah, I did tell her the same thing. I was like, I've seen up through three and the kills get more ridiculous to the point where in the third one, we watch him near the beginning, kill a guy with a book. She's like, "Mm, okay. And I was like, it's well well done. The guy with a pencil. Yes. Yes. I was like, it's well done watching him kill the guy with a book. But at the same time they get very progressively more ridiculous. Um, I had forgotten how many stars were in the first one, you know, Ian McShane and, and um, the concierge at the hotel. Yeah. Lance Lance Reddick. Yeah. Yeah. I remembered them. I'd forgotten that um, Adrian Pilecki was in there as the girl that he had trained slash the one who's coming to kill him. I'd forgotten because it's been the last time I saw this was in Rhode Island when we were at the comic-con. I haven't um, watched it since then. No, I haven't. I oh, forgot that Will Defoe was his buddy. Watched it multiple times. Uh, that the kid that started this whole thing was uh, Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that was John Leguizamo's in it. John Leguizamo, yeah. Well, yeah. you have that amazing scene <laughs> of the Russian, the big bad Russian <laughs> drug crime lord. Da 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 da. Like he's the big bad guy. Everyone's afraid of him. He runs this giant family crime family, and he calls up the chop shop owner, and he's like, "Hey." So I heard you struck my son. And John goes down was just like, yes, sir, I did. And he's like, why? Well, because he killed John Wick's dog and stole his car. And the dad just goes, the, the big bad Russian badass goes, oh, and hangs up the phone. <laughs> that right there is the best. You can take every one of those, those, those very stereotypical 80s and 90s scenes where like, you're introduced to the cook on the ship, but they have this dossier that he's just the ultimate badass, and they read off his, you know, they read off all his jacket and everything that he did and all that he's done. It's all his accomplishments. And every, like you can take all those movies where they tell you how badass everybody is, but they have to tell you this whole story to do it. And then you have John Wick, where he just says, like, why did you hit my son? Because he stole this man's car and killed his dog. And the bad guy goes, fuck. And that's it. That's it. That right there establishes how badass John Wick is with that one small exchange. 
So I, uh, as soon as that happened, as soon as that scene happened, she was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. And I went, now let me tell you about Mike's reaction and how I have heard about his reaction to this every time this movie comes up since we watched it originally. And she's like, really? And I just did a word for word of what you just presented me. It's right up there. It's not as much, but it's right up there with the final scene of Saw. Dude, it is amazing. And even your wife at the time was like, oh, my God, if I hear him talk about this movie one more time. Just that final scene. And I was like, yeah, I get it. But, yeah, it's it is amazing because you never get to see that kind of gravity to something. And she, you know, when you go into this movie, he's very much talked about like that. And there's a lot of uh, she kept comparing it to uh, Vin Diesel's character in like the the fast movies. She's like. She's well, no, that's what she was saying. She's like a lot of these movies, they they're like, oh, he's a badass, and like you're supposed oh. to believe that he's a badass, and everybody's like, oh, be careful of him, and then they make him ridiculous or they make him too good or whatever. In this one, everybody's scared of him. Everybody totes just goes off about how much he is a badass, yeah. and then he lives up to it. Like, yeah, and the, he barely talks too. <laughs> the police when they show up. Hey John, we got a call. Uh, some disturbance going on. Yeah, it's uh, it's all set now. He's like, Pop leans over, looks, sees the dead bodies. Thought you were retired. Just uh, cleaning some stuff up. All right, John, we'll see you later. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yep, exactly. And, and she was she was quite impressed with that, you know, because like I said, it's often you get these. Oh, he's a badass. Oh, he's a badass. And then you're like, all right, whatever. Yeah. He's a badass. We get it. But in this case, it was legitimate. So it almost seemed yeah. like it was going to be over the top, but he earned it. And, yeah. uh, you know, but it that's, does get with each passing movie. It does get ridiculously more and more demanding. And I, I'm just going to say the, the very ending of the third movie, you and I pretty much looked at each other and we're like, no, yeah. No, right. no, right. no, right. no, no, no. <laughs> you ever play a video game? And I know you have. You ever play a video game and like you have to like climb a mountain and you climb up this mountain and you get knocked down. You have to climb up again and you get knocked back down and climb up again and get knocked. And you're just getting pissed off and annoyed. That was watching <laughs> John Wick 4. Oh, no. I, I still you, I have to watch it. I have you to. need to you absolutely need to watch it, but you'll get done and go, oh, <laughs> yeah, OK. Uh-huh. But um, but no, like even like it's funny because it's the boogeyman sounds like, oh, the boogeyman's coming to get you. Boogeyman, boogeyman, boogeyman. But when the guy's in the Russian accent says, like that just sounds <laughs> like badass. Uh huh. Even more so. But <coughs> yeah. yeah, Um, anyhow, so my yeah, other that movies. was my one movie. <laughs> oh, it's a great movie, though. So the last three movies I like to talk about, um, I loved all three of them for all different reasons. I'm going to start with Final Summer. Uh, Final Summer is a low. It's it's there's a director named John Eisberg. It's his first time. He he wrote, directed, and produced the movie. This is his first. This is his directorial debut. Kind of self-funded a lot of it. He got some funding. He had some headaches. We've actually kind of become buddies on the internet. 
uh, talking about different things when I asked him a couple questions about the movie. Uh, it's available now to purchase 10 bucks on Vudu or maybe uh, Amazon too. Um, there is going to be a limited physical release coming soon, but right now you can watch it digitally. It takes place in 1991. It's like the final day of a summer camp and there's killing going on. So it's, it's kind of an homage to the eighties, you know, summer camp killer movies, except this takes place in 1991. Um, I thoroughly enjoy the movie, but getting to know John, the writer and director of the film and learning some of the behind the scenes things or the different, it's really made me kind of look at movies a little differently as far as the, the technical aspect that goes into them. Um, and especially seeing all the work that like he put into making this movie and everything. And uh, yeah, it's pretty badass. I really, really enjoyed the flick. There's some great homages in it. There's some references to eighties flicks. It tells a good story. It's not over the top graphic violence. Um, you know, and there's he's already announced that he's going to do a sequel to Indiegogo. Is going to launch on October 13th, actually, Friday the 13th here in a couple weeks. Um, and I am going to crowdfund support my first movie because mm. I will uh, crowdfund support this flick. Like, I genuinely really, really enjoyed it. And I know some people didn't. And maybe I'm biased because I become friendly with the guy and uh, respect all the hard work he put into this. But at the same time, like it's really definitely one of the better summer camp movies. Like you watched. um, uh, Fear Street 77, right? I'm sure you enjoyed the hell out of that. Yes. Yeah. This is not maybe that good, but it's like they did a good job. Like hmm. I, I will give this a hard sell for my biasness. I think everyone should watch it when they get a chance. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Nice. So on a side note, he had a contest. He had a 10 question trivia contest where you had to like guess some vagueness or, or figure out the answers or different vagueness, the Easter eggs from the movie and this and that and everything. And he did the contest last week and uh, I won. I was nice. one of the two winners. So I won uh, a, a poster, a full 27 by 40 movie uh, theatrical release poster. Nice. Um, it's featured in the new Horror Hound magazine. So I get a copy of the new Horror Hound magazine. Uh, and in the movie, the killer wears a skull mask. Like it's, a, it's like a like a ski mask type mask, but it's a completely face cover. It's, it's, it's got skull features on it. Mm-hmm. And it, I won one of the movie used skull masks. Nice. Yeah. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm a big fan of this movie. Uh, I, I just think it's, I hope people watch it actually, because I think it's really that good. Awesome. Yeah. Again, I will say I have some bias behind me on it. So. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Um, I watched. So there's this movie that popped on Netflix called there's someone in your house. Okay. And I remember hearing about this and I remember watching the trailer. Uh, it came out in 2021. It says here it's based on a novel and there's somebody, there's someone inside your house. There we go. Um, it's on Netflix right now. It's a Netflix original flick. Uh, James Wan is one of the producers, you know, the okay. saw guy. Yeah. And I think and when you watch the trailer, I think you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I 100 percent remember this movie because it's basically it's a it's a serial type killer movie. 
except the killer is wearing the mask is wearing a mask of the person he's going to kill. Hmm. So Interesting. You, like, you, see, you see the killer, but you see your own face type of thing. Is it a realistic mask or is it like, um, it's not a uh, mission impossible. Like y- you can talk with this mask. It's, it's a stagnant face type mask, you know, like a Halloween okay. mask where you have eyes, nose and features, but it doesn't move its mouth or talk or anything. Um, so I started watching the movie last night and I'm like, man, this seems familiar. I watched the trailer. I remember watching the trailer. So I thought I had to have watched this movie and I started watching the beginning of the movie and I'm like, I, I vividly remember this. But then at some point I'm like, I have no memory of this whatsoever. I have no memory <laughs> of this. I have no memory of this. I have no memory of this ending. I absolutely would have remembered this movie if I had watched it less two years ago. Interesting. Um, so my thought is I had to have watched the beginning of the movie and then either got tired or said, I'll watch this some other time and then completely forgot about it and never went back to it. So it's called there's someone inside your house. It's based on a book. I friggin' love the movie. Um, hard sell. It's on Netflix. Just go watch it. 90, 95 minutes. Go watch it. Okay. And then my last movie is called no one will save you. Oh, I, so I have not watched this one, but boy, I've been seeing some good stuff about it. Caitlin Deaver came out on Netflix on September 22nd. So only four days ago, I watched it Thursday, Sunday night or Saturday night, whatever it does Sunday night. Probably I friggin loved this movie. Yeah. I've been hearing yeah. a lot of good about it. It is a damn good movie. And there is about, no dialogue in it practically <laughs> nice no there isn't there's like no dialogue <clears throat> in it there's vocalizations there's it's it's a really well done movie i saw someone that said like holy cow you whoever the the director writer distributor was it wasn't hulu or whatever but it's 20th century studios did it there we go uh you you up on this one this is a hundred million dollar movie at least at the box office you know wow. what i mean the budget was like 22 million before you know and everything and whole, yeah. i mean like holy cow like <laughs> yeah i can't get over how good this movie really is um caitlin deaver is absolutely just <laughs> phenomenal in the flick that's awesome I, absolutely I, fantastic i remember seeing the trailer for it being like mm, this yeah. looks like a decent movie and yeah. really wanted to check it out. Uh, yeah. And still, I'm definitely going to check it out. But yeah, hey, then I know, started seeing no, all these different reviews saying how good it was. And now you're saying that it's good. Yeah. And I'm not, this is not a spoiler. You know, it's an alien movie. Like there's yeah. no doubt about it. They, they don't, you know, if you watch the trailer, you know that there's, it, there's aliens in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's but like I've the, never the seen main like selling this. point. Yeah, I've I've never seen it like this. Hmm. Like, yeah, I I think it's fantastic, and it's absolutely awesome. worth everybody's time to go check this out. Awesome. And it's on the Hulu. The Hulu. Yeah, it keeps popping up every time I go on Hulu, so I'm I know that I'm going to end up yeah. watching it. Is it, um, I will ask this, is it super scary? There's some intense moments in it. 
I wouldn't okay. call it super scary. Um, like, how do they describe it here? Sci-fi horror film. I mean, okay. absolutely sci-fi. Yes, there's some horror elements into it. Absolutely. There's not blood, guts, and gore. There is... Um, there's some dramatic moments in it. That's for sure. Okay. Um, it's just a really good flick. I'm very excited to watch this one. Yeah. Yep. So that was, yeah, no, that was the I'm end of your fan. movies. That's it. That's my movies. That's all my <coughs> movies. Damn. Yep. So I guess just trailers and news and such stuff, which as you alluded to earlier, there's a lot. Yes. Um, the unfortunate thing about this is that like we've done this for two weeks. And so like when I sent you these trailers to begin with, like the first one, or you sent me the fall of the house of Usher. I don't remember it. Because that was two Sorry, weeks hold ago. Hold on one second. I apologize. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, sure. It's like he's... Uh, you know, getting... I'm not going to unmute this one. Our eight-year-old son said that you need to go upstairs because he needs a break from you. Yeah, a.k.a. he wants a snack and you won't let him have one. Yeah. Okay. So he sent her okay. upstairs. Mom, don't you need to go upstairs and like relax on your bed? So usually at 7:30, Kate will go upstairs and just chill on her, you know, chill in bed and watch her tablet or whatever and she goes to bed early cuz she gets up early to bake sure. or whatever. And Wesley goes to bed at like 9 and I go to bed after that. I, I, so, I'm sorry. I like how you said to she gets up early to bake or whatever. That her career, that that's what she sure. does for a living. But anyways, so, but then Wesley, like, he'll want another snack, but Kay won't let him have one. So she, he waits for her to go to bed and then he'll be like, oh, I want a snack. And so he'll go get one. Um, And so at 730, he's like, mom, you going to bed? And she's like, yeah. And then 10 minutes later, he's like, mom, can you upstairs? I need a break from you. <laughs> Because like sometimes Kate will go upstairs early and she's just like, I just need a break from everybody. So I'm going to go upstairs and have some alone time. So he has learned that. Yeah. Well, like last night, like he was like, hey, mom, let's go upstairs at like 730. And they went upstairs together. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to turn a movie on. Um, yeah. Because it seems like every movie I want to watch, I can't watch in front of an eight year old. <laughs> I mean, that's your choice, dude. You and I were watching stuff like that when we were eight. Just saying. Well, the, just because we watched, just because I watched Chud when I was six years old, doesn't mean it's right. <sighs> All right, let's see what happens when she goes upstairs. But yes, going back to what you were saying, it's been so long on trailers, we forget the trailer sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So. You sent me. Uh, how far back do we need to go? September 12th. Starting with the fall of the house of Usher. Oh, that trailer looks fantastic. I don't remember it. 
Um, okay, so this is it's based on it's a mini series based on some Edgar Allan Poe stories. Uh huh. It's gonna be on Netflix October twelfth. Um, it says here the CEO of a pharmaceutical company, corrupt pharmaceutical company, faces his questionable past when his children start dying in mysterious and brutal ways. And it's oh, based yeah. on the fall of the House of Usher and other works by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, it's got uh, uh, Carla uh, Gugino, Bruce Greenwood, Mary McDonald, William Fitzgerald. It somebody not was McDonald's. Yeah, some of the uh, people were saying that it's like the next one from the uh, House on Haunted Hill kind of thing. Yes, yes, that's it's a it's Mike Flanagan. Yep. Yeah. It's Mike Flanagan. It's another yep. Netflix series. Yep. Yeah. So and they're dropping all tw- all eight episodes on October twelfth. So it looks really good. I uh, sent you Pet Cemetery Bloodlines trailer. It's the Paramount Plus original series, original uh, um, a prequel to Pet Cemetery, where we get uh, was it Judd Ludlow? No, they're in the town of Ludlow. We get old Judd, the neighbor, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's basically not him as a child, but him as kind of I think like a twenty-year-old, twenty-two-year-old, whatever it is, and what happens there. And we know he'll it live. Lo- yes, yes, but it looks good. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sent you the trailer for Totally Killer. Okay, that looks fucking phenomenal. And Julie was watching it over it? my shoulder, and she was like, I want to watch that. It says, after Jamie's mother's friends are murdered by the Sweet 16 killer on Halloween, she travels back in time to 1987, where she pairs up with her mom from the past, of course, to stop the young would-be killer and get back to her timeline before she's trapped in the past forever. This looks fantastic. Fantastic. It does. Absolutely it gives me, um, fantastic. It gives me a lot of the same vibes as like uh, Happy Death Day. The, or to me, like the final girls even. Yes, absolutely. But yes, that comedy horror element, like Happy Death Day. Or what's that one where Vince Vaughn and the killer swap? Oh, uh, Freaky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like yeah. Freaky Friday. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, to me, that looks great. It's going to be on Amazon Prime on October 6th. I'm very very much looking forward to that one. Uh, You said (laughs) the Royal Hotel. I don't remember what that's about. Uh, Julia Garner, Hugo Weaving, thriller movie. Hold on. Let me just bring up the. Oh, this is the one where the two girls go to Australia for like a uh, work thing and they're working. Oh, yes. 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 Two young backpackers take jobs at the Royal Hotel, an Australian outback bar run by Hugo Weaving. And, and it's it's apparently it's it's um, inspired by true events. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, damn it. Yeah, it actually does look good. Yeah. Um, Quiz lady. This looks interesting. Uh, basically, <sighs> some girl Aquafina who is she has a trivial mind you know she basically watches a show like jeopardy and knows all yes. the answers so she's trying to win money to help her mom yeah 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 i don't exactly. i don't know that i really care about it but okay uh then we've what got lessons got there, in- wesley <coughs> got a dish of oreos and a glass of milk huh uh lessons in chemistry this is uh, um, Brie Larson. It's going to be an Apple TV Plus. She's a 
it, it looks like she's a housewife who enjoys teaching people. She basically gets a show where she gets to teach people yes. chemistry through baking. Well, she's yes. She uses chemistry for baking. Yes. Yep. It looks good. Yeah. That, it'll be a fun one. It's not something that I'm like, oh, God, I can't wait to watch it. But yeah. Uh, I sent you a little screenshot that uh, Quantum Leap is coming back in 20 days or 20 days from then. And Loki's coming out right after that. So we've got some stuff coming up that we can watch. Yep. Very excited about. I sent you the trailer for John Carpenter's Suburban Screams, which you then sent me the trailer <laughs> a few days later. Uh-huh. Because, again, we lose track of these things. Well, yeah, exactly. It happens. I'm surprised it's the only double we had. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be on Peacock on the 13th of October, um, and from what I from what I it's 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 not like it's more of a like an unsolved mysteries anthology show and not a like fictional anthology show. Yeah, which is weird, right? Yeah. So I don't care. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. You sent me the trailer to Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, and I summed that up to them as the rules. Yeah. Holy crap. Even even my buddy, John, who's like a diehard DC guy, you know, he watched that and he was like, no, I told him it just, it looks like nothing but CGI and stupidity. Like once again, they're doing that thing where they're like, they're underwater. So we got to make sure that their hair is constantly whipping and flowing all around them. Right. Um, Yeah. This time, so the first one, it was him and his girlfriend traipsing the globe. Now it's going to be him and his brother who, you know, basically is exiled in disgrace. Yeah. Don't care. Really don't care. I I just don't have a lot of like, it's almost like I watched the Flash movie. Um, Which great. I still have to do. I, it's worth it for Michael Keaton as Batman. Mm-hmm. the aquaman movie okay is this part of the new dcu is it not i don't remember but at the same I, don't time, I, kinda remember. I don't give a shit yeah at the same time i kind of don't give a shit yeah so i really said the one so. you said the wonderful story of henry sugar which is a rich man learns about a guru who can see without using his eyes and then sets out to master the skill in order to cheat at gambling it's a rolled doll uh story you know matilda and yeah charlie the chocolate in, factory it's, it's directed by wes anderson it stars yeah. benedict cumberpatch i'm gonna watch it so it has all kinds of hallmarks of good and i have no interest i'm gonna watch it at some point you know yeah maybe um <coughs> <coughs> goosebumps finally got an official trailer yep Moving on. Uh, Kite Man. Man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. No. It looks like, cool. I, guess. I, I loved the Harley Quinn. You know, I, I love the Harley Quinn show. Still love I it. I haven't watched that. the last season. Um, Kite Man was humorous in there as, you know, the, yeah. as at the time, Poison Ivy's boyfriend, a, a loser yeah. of a supervillain, but I can't see him handling a show all on his own. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, Clerks Bart's box set comes with miniature quick stop store and VHS return slot. I don't need to spend 150 bucks to have three movies I already own. Same. Um, you know, maybe 20, 
five years ago, Mike would have been like, I'll sell those ones I have and I'll buy this son of a bitch. Absolutely. No. 25 years old years ago, John would have done the same thing. Would yeah, have been like, exactly. okay, it's Kevin Smith before the weed. Yep. Uh, Lando. Donald Glover's Star Wars series is now going to be a feature film. Whatever. I'm getting Donald Glover's Young Lando. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And honestly, I think that I can't imagine that there's enough of his story. I can't imagine there's enough of most people's stories to keep me interested for a whole series. Like I'm even stretching it with Ahsoka right now. And that's an ensemble cast. You know, the Mandalorian, when it brought on more people started to, okay, yeah, I'm getting into it, but there aren't a lot of characters in star Wars that I want to know their whole story. Maybe Han Solo. Maybe I would like a young Han Solo series where we get to see some of his exploits and stuff. Uh, but they kind of botched that with the movie because they basically told us all the high points that we ever wanted to see. Getting the Millennium Falcon, meeting Chewie, like it's right. done. That's that's all we cared about. Yep. <clears throat> Let's see. Unstuffed Build-A-Bear story. It's a documentary about Build-A-Bear. I mean, I've watched the baby, the the the, the Beanie Baby one, so I'll probably watch this. Hmm. It's interesting. I, again, it's another one of those, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it, but if I'm like, Hey, I need a yeah. documentary that could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, could be. Was sorry to report that winning time. The rise of the Lakers was canceled. And I know that you really enjoyed that first season and you were looking forward to watching the second season, but now you said you're probably not going to watch it. Well, I watch it. It's canceled anyways. What the hell? Maybe yeah. I will. Maybe I won't. I did enjoy it ultimately, but again, they're not. It's not like they're going to get to tell their story. Yeah. Um, Loki season two is on Thursdays. Okay. No, at least I know. Yeah. Going to be nice, I guess. Shaky <laughs> shivers. I don't remember if I watched this one. <laughs> oh, come on. You didn't watch shaky shivers. The werewolf one. I remember. Well, Fathom the, events. I, I sent it like, as you were getting ready to board your plane. So it might've gotten lost in the shuffle. Oh yes, I did watch this. This looks freaking awesome. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you watch shaky shivers? Yeah, no, this looks absolutely fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a comedy horror werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. It looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. No, that looks good. When's that coming out? I don't remember. Probably this month because, you know, it's it's uh oh, it says exclusively in theaters September 21st. So it'll probably be on Shutter in a couple of weeks. Probably, yeah. We're getting a uh documentary of Millie Vanilli. That's interesting. That actually does look good. Yeah. I one of those that I forgot about them until I saw this and then I'm like, "Oh, yeah." I remember that now. Yeah, that actually does look really good. Uh, Chucky season three. No, it's Chucky in the White House. I I don't know. No, I don't know why they did that. The first season was so good. I remember the second season. We both kind of struggled through. Yep. And now the third season, he's in the White House. Yeah, I just don't think I'm going to bother. I don't think I am either, honestly. And it's too bad. Because I really did like the first season. Uh, Quantum Leap season two trailer didn't bother to watch it because I'm going to watch the show. It's going to be so fucking good. 
I'm so excited. Uh, Miranda's victim trailer, which is the actual true story of we, how we got the Miranda warning. I cannot believe, and maybe I just haven't done enough research on it, but I can't believe that this is the we're going to get a movie like this. I don't know that we've ever had a movie like this exploring the story. I don't think of, so. Yeah. I don't think we have. Ooh. Looks good though. Abigail Breslin, Ryan Philippi, uh, true story. I, I did not recognize Ryan Philippi until they said that it was Ryan Philippi. I, 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 <laughs> Abigail Breslin put on some weight for this role. Yeah. It looks like, but I, she's got an indiscernible face. Like no matter what I see that face, yes. I'm like, Oh, that's yeah. Abigail Breslin. But Ryan Philippi with the slicked hair and the like almost tight curled greasy yeah. look. Yeah. I didn't recognize him. Dream scenario. I don't remember what this is about. Let's go take a look. Yeah. I, again, this is all. Oh, this is the one where Nicolas Cage is appearing in everybody's dreams. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. And we don't know why. No, but yeah. everybody around him, even everybody, I think, in the world, like it's on the yes. news. People are dreaming yes. and Nicolas Cage's characters. And it's not Nicolas Cage himself. It's the actor. Right. He's like a he's a balding professor. Yeah. Of some kind. Yeah. And sometimes they're nightmares and sometimes they're good dreams. And it's Nicolas Cage and he just keeps getting weirder and weirder roles. So, yeah. And it works. Yeah. It's I'm, working. I'm definitely there for it. Um, unlike the next one, Sick Girl. I, I love I have Nina Dobrev. No interest this in whatsoever. She basically peaked. Nobody. She she's not doing anything with her life, and all of her friends are moving on. So she fakes cancer. So it's funny because my wife told me about this podcast she's listening to called Scamanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this true story about this girl named Amanda who faked having cancer for years. Mm. Yeah, and um. It's very interesting. Hmm. The podcast was fantastic and, and it just enraged people. I bet. Well, I would imagine the podcast itself didn't enrage people, but you know, the story behind it. Yes. Yes. <coughs> right. All right. I, I'm sorry. So my wife, we went through the whole story where she's like, I'm going upstairs. Cause Wesley says he needs some time alone. Cause he wants to have a snack basically. And she, he, and she won't let him. So she goes upstairs he immediately comes in here, gets a glass of milk and a, and a little dish of Oreos. I think he probably had four or five Oreos. She just texted me. Guess who just came upstairs? He said he only needed 10 minutes away from her. So I'm trying to follow the logic here. He yeah. wants a snack. She says, no, you can't have a snack. He no, says, he won't ask. He doesn't ask her. Cause he but, knows. But you just said she no. Okay. So he knows because that she'll in the say past, no. Yes, so he won't ask because if he doesn't ask and she doesn't say no, then he's not going against what she said because he didn't ask. But so she but never. The logic doesn't logic there. If she doesn't it want does. him to have a snack, yep. And then she's like, "But I know he's going to take one." Like, yep. It would make hey. more sense to say to him preemptively, "Do not have a snack." Right, but it's a harmless game. He's a good boy. It's not like he's eating the whole package of Oreos. He's not me. Okay. And so it's just a fun little, it's not, you know, it's just a harmless little game. So he doesn't ask, but encourages her to go to bed so then he can have a snack. And then now he's going to go upstairs and hang out with her and watch tablets together. Okay. Until nine o'clock when it's bedtime for him. 
Interesting. Okay. I think think it's funny. I just think it's funny. I understand it more now. Uh, Holy cow. God, how many more trailers we have to talk about? Not a lot. Uh, Suitable Flesh. It's Heather Graham. I I didn't realize Heather Graham was still doing stuff. Yeah, the poster looks cool. It's got a definitely 1970s grindhouse throwback vibe. Yep. The synopsis of a psychiatrist becomes obsessed with one of her young clients with multiple personalities. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah, which one's she obsessing with? Right. Um, yeah. But anyhow, it looks good. I'll check it out at some point. Uh, apparently there's a, a writing credit for HP Lovecraft on this one. Mm. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I didn't watch it. So this is based on a book series. Uh, it, they I'm came familiar out with, with Percy Jackson. Yeah. They came out with what? Two movies. Uh, yeah. that were the first two books. And now this is going to be the series that, it looks like it starts back over at the first book and it'll yep. probably be like one book per season, I'm guessing, but yeah, they actually went with more age appropriate kids, you know, instead of having, you know, the, whatever she was supposed to be 14, 15 year old girl played by Alexandra Daddario. Yeah. Not really buying it. Um, so I'm probably not going to check it out, but it's there. Yep. It was a trailer. I passed it on. Uh, Doctor Who's getting a limited addiction. Addiction. Yeah. Limited edition. Uh, new Who Blu-ray set. <coughs> kind of cool, but also when you've got a show like this that is still going on, you know, your your limited edition set is incomplete. Because well, that's the only, thing. I said the complete new doctor. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> because it's still on. Like yeah. we haven't even 60th anniversary specials coming up next month. Yeah. And we still haven't met what technically the 15th doctor. Right. So it's definitely not complete. Right. Exactly. Um, since your trailer for old dads, which is a Bill Burr movie. I really got the sense that basically he was just like, let me pitch you this idea for a movie. How about politically incorrect dudes who are being forced to be dads in a politically correct world? Sure. Run with yeah, it. It didn't look good to me at all. No, it does not. No, I, I care not for it. Uh, I sent you a trailer for uh, Netflix anime Onimusha, which is actually based on a game series from back on the PS2. Okay. I thought I recognized the title. Yeah, looks interesting. Um, I was never a huge fan of the games. Like, I played them, but it wasn't my jam at the time. So I'm looking sure, at it, sure. and I'm like, okay, looks looks like a cool, decent anime. Yeah. Uh, and then I sent you the documentary, another one, for Billion Dollar Babies about the Cabbage Patch Kids. I'll watch that. Yeah. I'm I'm still fascinated by the Cabbage Patch craze as far as, like, I remember being a kid and people, I never wanted one, but I remember the, the urge that people wanted. You know what I mean? Like we were both of a certain age when that came out and how everyone wanted them and, and the fighting at the stores and everything. Yep. Yep. So um, I will watch that. 
Yeah, it was like my sister wanted a Cabbage Patch Kid, and there was a whole big to-do about that. But, uh, yeah, we uh, were getting a Westworld movie, even though we already technically had a Westworld movie way back. Well, yeah, but that was not connected to the series. Yeah. This is going to close out the series. Right. Well, maybe they haven't said if it's going to be a reboot or if it's going to be a closeout to the series. They just said that it's going to be a movie. Okay. I, 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 in my mind, it's, it's closing out the series. Yeah. I would think so. I would think that that would be how they would do it because it was canceled. So yeah. Excuse me. Uh, of course, we talked earlier. I sent you the trailer for, you know, the upcoming Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials. Plural. I'm wondering if they're going to do another thing where they put them in the movie theaters. Ooh. Um, let's see. Uh, I sent you a news article because I wanted to talk about this. Uh, Heels was canceled, so there won't be a third season on Stars. Sure. Um, sure. The, the reason that this was uh, substantial was because Stephen Amell, I, I didn't realize this, but apparently Stephen Amell is an asshole. Um, I've been reading multiple things about his co-stars in the Arrowverse talking shit about how badly he treated them all on set over and over and over again um, to really? the point where there are many pictures out there of all of them gathered around Oliver Queen's grave, like celebrating from when they did the crisis on infinite earths and Oliver gave up his life. Uh, they were all like cheering and celebrating. And I guess that's because behind the scenes, they were like, yeah, fuck this guy, get him out of here. Uh, fast forward to recently, he has been, uh, he went to a comic con, one of these, you know, one of these cons and he was up on stage talking and they asked him about the, uh, the strikes that are going on right now. And he's like, I don't like them. I think they're ridiculous you know, stupid, blah, blah, blah. He basically was dissing on strikes. So as soon as that made the news headlines, he went and told everybody that he wished that that had been uh, kept a private conversation. He was sitting on a stage in a con telling the entire audience, this is how he felt. Now he's like, that should have been a private conversation because, you know, my words are being taken out of context. Um, But he's continued to cross the picket lines until suddenly he got called on it and then he put on a fresh, clean, new, you know, we support writers and uh, actors and went out on the strike lines, the picket lines very briefly. Yeah. Uh, so now we hear that his show is canceled and uh, a lot of people are saying that it's karma, that it's, you know, justified because he is such a dick. I don't know. Huh. That's surprising to me. It is because I remember when he first came out, we were uh, we were big fans of his because he had that whole fuck cancer thing and, uh, you know, did a lot of charity work. I mean, his public image was really squeaky clean. It was very pop. And like he was the one that really spawned the Arrowverse, like his encouragement to expand this universe was really it was he, he was the driving force. Absolutely. He brought back Constantine. Mm hmm. Yeah. So this is all very surprising. It is. Apparently, once all that started happening, then he became too big for his britches. And he was like, I'm the king of the Arrowverse. I, you know, 
it all started with me. The same stuff that you're quoting, where you're basically like, you know, I was the one who brought everybody back in here. It's because of me that we're here. And yeah. Huh. I mean, if that's the truth, that's rather disappointing. It is. It is. It's been multiple news outlets that I've seen that on. I'm not saying that it's gospel, but it seems rather credible with the amount that I've seen it. Well, the whole cast, quote unquote, dancing on his grave and all that stuff like that. That's pretty damning. It is. Quite frankly, it is. That's very, very damning, quite, quite frankly. Yeah. If that's true, like if that happened that way. Uh, Speaking of shitty things. Apparently, Amazon has decided that Prime Video is not going to show us ads unless we pay an extra $3 a month. Yeah, that's bullshit. That is bullshit. I'm already paying a yearly stipend to you. Why should I pay more so that I don't have ads? You've never had ads before, you dicks. And if my the only reason why my wife has Prime is for the Prime music because she likes having that prime music accessibility for the uh alexas to be able to just say play this song play that song etc cetera, etc cetera. so she doesn't use it for like uh free shipping or anything yeah she does use it for free shipping but that's but her driving force behind it is is the um the prime music that's why she subscribes it's okay. the only subscription service i don't pay for oh i gotcha you know what i mean she does that so we have the free sh- the prime shipping of course and we have of um yeah everything else like that okay but yeah three dollars more a month just to not have commercial that's kind of a dick move it's a huge dick move yeah like i did that with peacock because i was paying five dollars a month and i was getting commercials and it wasn't the worst but i was like you know this would be better if i didn't have the commercials so i upped it to ten dollars Never looked back. Yeah. I'm already paying. What is it like $140 a year for prime? So that's what? 10 bucks a month, 11, 12 bucks a month. I don't even know how much, I don't know how much prime costs because I don't, I don't pay for it. Yeah. But essentially they want you to pay another $36 a year to not have commercials. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. And I think people get get away with it. They're going to look, I think they're, yeah, I think what they're saying is like, People pay $36 a year to not have commercials. Of course they will. Well, yeah, because look at what they did with Am- with uh, Netflix, where Netflix was like, oh, people will pay us to have extra accounts outside of their house. Yep, sure did. They sure do. I, I mean, I don't. No. The kids just have to log out of my account, log into their mother's account, or vice versa, whatever it is they need to do, or not watch Netflix here. I don't yeah. care what they do. Uh, two trailers left. We got the Enfield Poltergeist on Apple TV. That looks kind of decent. It's kind of based on a true story. And this is more of a, I mean, they're pushing it as a documentary type movie where the actors are recreations, but the recordings are the actual recordings from this alleged poltergeist haunting in Enfield. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. seems like we're getting a lot of, uh, based on a real story kind of things lately. Yeah. 
Uh, and then the final one I'm fucking disturbed by it's uh May, December. It's essentially uh, a woman who, as a teacher, when she was 36, fell in love with a seventh grader. Yeah. And then they, he is now an adult and they are together as a couple and live together. And this actress comes along who's going to play her in a movie and is basically shadowing her to learn about her and her life to portray her more accurately. And apparently falls in love with him, the the kid, who's now an adult male. Julianne Moore and uh, Natalie Portman. So it's got good star power, but. It's basically the Mary Kay Letourneau story without saying it's because the kid even looks Hawaiian. Like it's It's just true. It's they didn't say this is based on a true story. This is based on the Mary Kay Letourneau story, but uh, it sure seems to. Yeah, it definitely it definitely seems like it. Yeah, it says Uh, it, it is very loosely. Based on the Mary star of Mary Kayla Turner. Okay. So they're at least giving us that mm-hmm. very loosely. 20 years after notorious tabloid romance gripped the headlines, a married couple with a large age gap buckles under the pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I, oh, she, she's dead. Huh. I don't think that I'm going to watch this movie. But them's the rules. Mary Mary Kay Letourneau's dead. Hmm. Yeah. She, uh, in 1997, she pled guilty to two felony counts of second degree rape of a child. There's a 12 year old child. When the sex relations first occurred, he had been her sixth grade student at an elementary school in Washington state. While awaiting, while awaiting sentencing, she gave birth to his child. That's right. The daughter. Ooh, she took a plea agreement with six months in jail, three months suspended sentence and no contact with him for life. But and then came what? out and got right back together with him. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> oh, but then she did end up going to prison for seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. Because what happened she when served she got three out? months in jail. Police caught her with him. And uh, revoked her plea agreement, gave her seven and a half years. Eight months after returning to prison, she gave birth to her second child. <laughs> she was in prison from 98 to 2004, and they got married in 2005. And their marriage lasted for 14 years, so they separated in 2019, and then she died in 2020. She got colorectal cancer. Huh. Oh, that's too bad. Wow, that's just holy shit. I didn't expect I didn't realize all that part of the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite a quite a roller coaster. Yep. Certainly was. I think that's all that we've got though. That is, that's it. I mean, an episode with not much to talk about did swing to two hours. Sure did. Uh, but that's cool. Now, now we'll do now I'll play the game where I go, Oh, I want to watch a movie. What movie do I want to watch? Let me spend an hour and a half trying to find out what I want to watch for a movie. And then be like, Oh, I should probably just go to bed at this point. You should make yourself a list. And then you can do one of two things, either rank them in order 
that you're like, yeah. these ones I want to do. Or you do that and you figure, you know, you say, uh, I've got 53 movies on my list. And then you just go to your computer and you tell it to do pick a random number between one and 53. And then whatever yeah. it lands on is the movie that you watch. Uh, yeah, sounds right, I guess. I mean, if it's taking you that long to figure it out, then maybe just leave it oh, to chance. I just remembered two more movies. Fuck, okay. Uh, I watched a movie called Natty Knox. It's on Tubi now. It's it's okay. Uh, I can't I can't give it a hard sell. Um, it's supposed to be like uh oh. It's supposed to be like a it's supposed to be like a bloody mirror. It's got Danielle Harris in it. It's got Bill Mosley. It's got Robert England. It was directed by the guy that directed Halloween Four. That's not saying a whole lot. Uh, small town babysitter and the kids that she's looking at after struggle to survive a serial killer in Halloween Eve. And it's supposed to be Natty Knox will come knocking for you nine times, except that doesn't ever happen. And it's. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. I didn't hate it. I there's I had a lot of questions. IMDB's got it at a whopping four point two out of ten. Yeah, that's probably high. Um but I did watch Talk to Me. Oh, how was that? The movie with the, the hand? Yeah, the hand, yeah. Yeah, that was really, really, really friggin' good. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I won't say much more about it because people need to watch it. Okay. Um, I want to give people a chance to watch it because it was in theaters and it's just kind of coming out on home video now. And um, I I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Okay. It's 7.2 out of 10 on the old IMDb. Like, I saw the trailer and I wasn't that interested. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's no, good to hear it, that was, it was good. The, the the actual movie itself was much better than I anticipated. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Nice. So, but yeah, going back to your saying, like I have a list of movies I want to watch, but unfortunately, what I have left on the list are movies that um, they're not streaming unless I want to pay for them. Mm, I've run into that. And then there's a few I've added to my Tubi list because it's like I, I hear about a movie and I'm like, oh, I'll put it on Tubi. It's on Tubi. It's the only place it's streaming. And then I'm like, man, like this seems really bad. Like murder size. Nice girls don't explode. The sand. Christy. Like I have them on here and I'm like, I don't really want to watch them, but maybe I should. But now that I'm. I'm going through the list. Uh, it, there is one that I've been wanting to watch for quite a while. And it's now on Tubi. It's called Madman. So I'm probably going to watch that tonight. Nice. Yep. There you go. Uh, it's one of those ones where um, the like Mahoning Drive-In. They were doing like a, like a you know, a whatever, summer camp killer movie. Mm-hmm. And this is a legendary psychopathic murderer stalks a summer camp. It's called Murder Madman. Came out in '81, and I did not know that it was out. So 
I didn't know it was on uh, Tubi now. I do want to watch that. Hmm. Oh shit! And the Cassandra movies out on on Prime. Cassandra, it's a. Uh, uh, oh yeah, the wrestling movie. one. Yep. The wrestling, the Mexican wrestling movie. Yes, the Exotico. Yes, as they call them. That's on Amazon Prime now. I do want to watch that. That's probably what I'm going to end up watching tonight. Nice. Yeah. So there it is. Only took five minutes to decide. Happy to help. <laughs> yeah. Pretty happy about that. There it is. Couldn't find the tab. I actually minimized my window. What are you going to do? 817. Go to bed? Probably go lay in bed, TikTok for a bit, and then get some sleep. Pretty exhausted from a long weekend. Yeah, I had to drive to Holton and back yesterday to pick up the dog. For We have a comfort dog and Brody, who's the handler. He's the director of communications. He's the dog's handler. He's out of town on vacation with his family. So he thought, oh, I'll leave the dog with the center in Holton because he know he's never up there. Well, guess what? He's never up there. So it didn't work out very well. The dog was full of anxiety. He didn't know enough people. And it was just a... So I drove the whole thing yesterday to get him. Was he happy? That's only oh, happy as hell, yeah. So that's only 400 miles round trip. And then I'm going to Bangor tomorrow for the Nina meeting. That's not too bad. But then I'm going to Holton again on Thursday because that was already pre-planned to film a new recruitment video. So we want to get footage of all three centers inside and outside, talk to someone at all three centers, one of the dispatchers there to have them tell us like, um, why they want to be a dispatcher or what, you know, like why do they like being a dispatcher, et cetera, you know, but it's, it's a recruitment video for us to play and put on, to put on Facebook, put on the webpage to play on a TV, on a loop when we're at, um, different job, like, uh, job and stuff. or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the recruitment video we have that HR put together several years ago is antiquated, out of date, unacceptable. We definitely need to update it. And, um, so that's been in the plans that we're going to do that this coming Thursday all month. So driving to Holton and back twice, two times in a few days, it's tiring. I'm assuming that they let you at least use a company vehicle for that. Oh, yeah. No, I use a state vehicle all the time now. I used it yesterday. I'll use it tomorrow. I'll use it Thursday. Uh, I use a state vehicle all the time now. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. All right, brother. Anywho. Well, all right. I guess that's it for me. Uh, that's it for us on the show. I'm on Twitter. I'm Superstar Mel. I almost forgot we have to do this part. <laughs> I'm the Quantum Geek G33K. I mean, do we still call it Twitter? Do people understand what we're saying? Or we should be saying I'm on X? No, we're saying Twitter. Fuck Elon. I'm on the socials. I'm on the socials. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. We'll talk to you all next week. Yeah, later.